Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So I'm going to read through. i got a bunch of the emails I'll get to, and then I'm going to pivot. Because this idea, like what I just went through with those audio clips from the protest out in front of the studio on Friday night, like... I will give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, up until a certain point, but I will give people the benefit of the doubt. And in listening to some of these statements that are made, it leads one to believe that we are consuming different media. How is it that you could not have ever heard of the death toll from the October 7th attack? How, do, how, how does that happen? How do you not know? How is it you're telling me to educate myself? And if you do the real research, if you actually educate yourself, then you would know these things, yet you don't know basic information about what just happened four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Well, if you are only getting your media from certain sources, this is why I always say, get your news from multiple places. I follow people, I'm going to go over some tips, by the way, um, for social media usage. Um, And one of them is to follow people, to read people that you don't agree with. By the way, not only does it make you aware of more information, other information that might not get through otherwise, but it also makes your arguments stronger. How do you know your own argument if you don't know your opponent's, right? Unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. So get your news from multiple places, people that challenge you to think about a subject more deeply because that's how you develop a better defense of your position. Or maybe you reassess your position. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that. That's new information and that changes things. All right, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the email, Pete at the Pete Um, All right, first up, this is, Jan, who says, uh, to the left, does it matter who is doing the attacking rather than who is attacked? Uh, look at Black Lives Matter. If they Black Lives really matter to these people, they would shut down Chicago on any given weekend rather than continually degrading the police and demanding uh, money from the uh, rich white people. Yeah, um, yeah certain, certain violence fits a media narrative. And that also helps with people who are, uh, as Rush used to call them, right, race hustlers. Um, William says, uh, I actually had a little respect for Jabril, uh, the organizer activist uh, of that protest, from just the coverage of his viewpoints over the years, but not anymore. This is just idiotic. Uh, Keep the rope distribution going. They're doing far more or they're doing more for the moral discourse when they can't answer real questions. Um, Next message, I just listened to the news about the protest. Are you officially a rabble rouser now? Did they burn you in effigy? (laughs) They did not. Did they throw their $10 lattes at the door? Did they defame Mayo as not the perfect... 
How dare you, Jan? Why do you got to bring Mayo into this? Mayo did nothing to you except make everything better. Did any of them have a coherent argument to counter the points you have made in defense of your position? No, of course not. Um, regarding your conversation with Frank, do you ever get tired of beating your head against the wall of other people's ignorance? I do not. I do not. I mean, well, that's not true. I do sometimes. I do get it. it look, just because I am a very patient person and I am able to mask my frustrations, uh, you know, fantastically, because I'm a professional, um, <laughs> that does not... It doesn't mean I, I, I am uh, without frustration. It is frustrating. You know, it, but when you realize that you're dealing with somebody that doesn't want to uh, examine thoroughly a particular point, they're constantly searching for the next point. And I know people, and this is a common tactic, by the way, it's almost a, when it, it oftentimes actually manifests as whataboutism, right? Where... Someone says X, you say not X, and then challenged, they say, well, what about Y? What about Y? Y is irrelevant. We're talking about X, you know? Well, they're both letters. No, it's a deflection tactic, and it is usually a sign that they have not thoroughly examined a particular position, right? They've adopted a stance based on some YouTube video or a bumper sticker or a Facebook post or something. And now that has become the truth to them. And then when you encounter this argument and you point out the flaws in the argument that they may have never actually encountered before, um, they are left only with a deflective mechanism to rely upon in order to move the conversation off of the X, not X argument, because they know that they're, they, they cannot explain it, and that creates the cognitive dissonance, and so they got to bounce someplace else. And Frank was a, a really good illustration of that. I, and I've got people in my own family that do this. So um, I remember I was up in uh, New York uh, over the summer, and there was a, a conversation I was having, and it was like, wait, wait a minute, you know, you said this, so logically this other thing, and they're like, oh, no, no, and wh what about that third thing? Like, wait, 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 wait. You made an assertion, I countered the assertion, and now you don't have an answer for the counter. You're supposed to address my counter, but instead you, you pivot to something else. Um, this is from Greg. What Frank fails to understand is that Hamas's brutal attack nullifies whatever grievance they had prior to the attack. It's like a cop walking up on a murder scene where the killer tells the cop, all the horrible things the deceased has done to them in the past. But the cop doesn't care. He's enforcing the law based on the murder that he was brought into. If you want your voice to be heard, butchering civilians is the worst possible way to go about it. You basically lose any standing you had. Right. Well, here's the other thing, too. If you are advancing this argument that Frank was advancing, but also, you know, this guy at the protest was also trying to advance. we got to go back to 1948, right? Um, it's because you know that they went too far. Hamas went too far. So you don't want to talk about that. But here's the other thing. Um, the point was to create the war. That was Hamas's goal. That was their intent. And we know this, by the way, because they have found the materials that these jihadists had on them when they were captured or killed. And... 
I mean, they got like all sorts of like translations into Hebrew for like how I'm going to rape you, stuff like that. You can find all of this information. It's, it is on the internet. It is on news sites. It is, uh, it is published. It has been verified. You can find it. It is really disturbing. And I don't recommend the faint of heart go search it out. But if you're denying it's the, that, that this stuff occurred at this point, you're doing so for another reason, but it's not for seeking the truth. Um, let's see. John says, uh, understand this. Frank does not trust the media, but he completely trusts a video on YouTube. That's right. That's <laughs> um, if the Hatfields brutally raped and murdered all the McCoys, Frank would wax poetic about the poor Hatfields and their justification. Come on, man. To quote Joe Biden, uh, Seth says, does Frank understand when the October 7th attack happened, both sides were under a ceasefire since 2003? Hamas broke the ceasefire agreement, not Israel. Um, DK says uh, the Palestinians in mass hate Israel. It's untrue that they like Israel if it weren't for Hamas. The reason they voted for Hamas in the first place is because Hamas promised to rid Israel of Jewish people. Also, the Palestinians willingly gave up creature com- willingly give up creature comforts for marketing reasons for the cause that area receives billions of dollars from all over the world annually the streets would be lined in 24 karat gold if they used the money the way it was intended and tony says pete how long before biden turns his back on israel i have said from the beginning he's just showing support now because he has to yeah i don't know i don't know uh, here's another message. Pete, it's interesting in the Israel versus Palestine who was here first debate. It is the Arab slash Palestine slash Muslim factions in the Israeli government that try to thwart archaeological efforts in the region. Seems they'd be the ones pushing for it to prove that the Jews have no claim. Um, Pete, love the show. Uh, which website news sources do you recommend? I listen to each morning on my Google Assistant, Fox, ABC, Reuters, BBC, Daily Wire, Al Jazeera, and AP News. Then this morning with Gordon Deal. I also check Drudge Report and BBC.com. No, I think you covered it. See, well, and this is why I, I created the lists. I have, I have lists on Twitter, and I follow people. I don't agree with them all, but I put them on. There's one list called Influence. By the way, you can follow it, too. And so I get links to all of these types of stuff, too. And then I have my own bookmarks that I do for my show prep as well. And those those outlets are on the list as well. So there's another one I always talk about, Memorandum, as well. That's an aggregator. Gives you all the headlines. Uh, and it is of the left. So you know what stories are moving and are, are popping big among the left in America. Former Facebook employee Arturo Behar told senators last week, that his big tech bosses knew social media was putting children in harm's way, but did not act to stop dangers, including sexual advances and bullying. Okay. Um, I had, I saw this occur, you know, last week, um, hadn't got around to cover this thing yet, uh, this, this story yet, but in listening to the interviews that were conducted Friday afternoon in front of our studio here, and then, Seeing yesterday, just by coincidence, my wife and I watched the Netflix docudrama, I guess is what it's called, uh, called The Social Dilemma. 
It was it was made in 2020. And I mean, yes, there's like a whole bunch of stuff in there. Like the whole climate change thing is just, you know, running throughout the whole bit of it. And, you know, the threat to democracy because it was 2020. Right. And, you know, oh, my gosh, there are people with different opinions about COVID. Right. Misinformation, disinformation. So there is all of that in there. But to me, the most compelling parts and the most scary parts of it were all of these former tech bros or tech gal or yeah i mean just these these people who did the programming and the people who who led these tech companies that are now i don't want to say blowing the whistle but they're drawing attention to the fact that the model is really screwed up now how do how do you fix it that that's that's a different discussion because um, we're not even at the point now where people recognize what exactly is occurring. Um, first, there is a difference between algorithms and artificial intelligence. So if you go to the website called thesocialdilemma.com, they have a FAQ there, and they've got a whole bunch of links there as well. But they describe it like this. In the broadest sense, an algorithm is the set of calculations that the computers run, right? And they usually are performing some sort of a mathematical function, okay? So that's – and you can program that. You write the calculation, and it, it does this function, this mathematical function. Now, the artificial intelligence, that's a much broader term. And that applies to all of the different uses of the algorithms in order to mimic or replace the need for human intelligence. Right? So the AI learns using the algorithms. And so when an algorithm spits out some result, it takes that. And it says, okay, this result is seen, you know, 90% of the time. Let's make a tweak there. And so then it runs it again. Oh, now 91%, now 92%. But algorithms are not objective. AI is not objective, right? Whatever the, uh, the programmed goal is, is what it's going to seek to achieve. And so now you have to ask, what is the goal of these big tech companies? And it's, yes, money, but also control. Because they are trying to control you, me, our time, our attention. Why? So they can sell advertising, so they can make more money. right? And so they're going to keep giving me what I, quote, want based on the algorithms and what the AI learns I like. How much time do I spend looking at a picture, a video, whatever? Um, Do I like a certain uh, product? Do I buy a certain product? And it's constantly pulling in all this information and it's creating, it's mapping these profiles of you, of me, these digital models. It has a digital model of me with about 29,000 different criteria. You as well, even if you've never been on some of the platforms. John, welcome to the program. Hello, John. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Well, I was calling because I always discuss with my friends, and they think I'm a little off the record, but 
I took a number of classes in my senior year of advanced physics and nuclear energy. And uh, I look at social media, and I like to liken it to the invention of the atomic bomb. And why do I say that? I say that because when the atomic bomb was first put out, we knew that it could break, you know, one megaton blast. And now they're like 20 and 30 megaton. But one megaton blast would break a concrete block about one mile off the detonation site. We also knew that, you know, there was massive destruction and, you know, would kill a lot of people. But what we didn't know is long-term effects as opposed to thyroid cancers and radiation you know, my favorite is that the uh, naked mole rats over there where the Russian uh, nuclear power plant went down and exploded, that, you know, they still glow. And so we invent this social media, and we think that everything's going to be fine. But, again, we don't know the long-term effects. And now we, I really believe as we get into this, we're seeing the long-term effects because there's a lot of information that goes out to people that are not not being mean are not intelligent enough to really understand the background and you know what it's what's it being created for. I myself am you know very I don't use social media hardly at all and I don't use the internet at all because I'm still you know I'm older and I'm old school and I like to get various information you know watch different channels conservative channels uh, liberal channels conservative newspaper. And, you know, just try to educate myself. And as we all know, humans overall are pretty lazy. So part of the, uh, uh, well, I, I don't disagree with you, the, the, um, the long-term effects, like we now know, I went over this a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, the, the, the social scientists who have been studying this stuff and the psychiatrists who have been studying this stuff, uh, we do know now. There is no excuse any longer. We know that this is having serious detrimental effects on particularly young children's brain development. We know this now. We also know that there are problems with these algorithms and now the AI that uses them to constantly evolve their digital models of each of us. And, uh, and they know they are designed to uh, to make us keep coming back for the micro doses of dopamine in our brains, the uh, pain pleasure receptors, and so it it is hooking people. It is getting people addicted to these things. So the like the and I did this years ago, which was turn off the notifications on your phone. Um, do not have it ding at you. Do not have it vibrate at you. Do not do any none of it. I I get there is only one person that I get a, uh, a, a notification alert from, and it's my wife on a text message or like, oh, or my phone rings. I mean, if my phone rings, then that's, that's fine. But it's anything else, like any of the apps, I don't, I don't get notifications on that because I don't, I don't want to be at the mercy of the notification chime, right? The Pavlovian well, response. Just, yeah, what I just, uh, you know, the thing is, the sad thing is that one, humans do not seem to learn from history. It repeats itself. The other thing is if we think that this conflict in the Middle East is going to settle down, Ukraine's quite a bit different, but uh, settle down when you have indoctrination from a childhood age of uh, hatred and discrimination against certain other humans in our you know world and society that, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to stop that? I, I also joke with my friends that 
I always wonder, I never thought that whether, you know, evolutionary wise or religious wise, you know, uh, from, uh, God or whatever, that whether humans were really made to move around the planet. And the reason I say that is because a number of the diseases that humans suffer are because of the changes in the, in the local areas. And the biggest thing is the change, change in the food substances, which they're great, 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 great you know, ancestors would eat, and now it's changed. They're in different areas, and so then they suffer from different diseases. So, listen, I, you got a great show. I like listening to you. I just hope talk radio doesn't get knocked off from the AM channel. No, oh, that's not going to happen. John, I appreciate it. And even if it does, we got digital. John, I appreciate the call. You can get the podcast. It's at thepetecalendarshow.com, and then it comes right to your smartphone or tablet every single day, three different episodes. I appreciate the call, John. Um Facebook employee Arturo Behar testified at the Senate Judiciary Committee last week. He raised concerns at Facebook when he worked there about children's experiences on the Meta platform. So Meta is now the company, the parent company of Facebook and uh, Instagram, which, by the way, you can track anxiety and depression, the, the, the skyrocketing rates. They start when Facebook acquires Instagram. For young girls, anxiety and depression goes off the charts. And it it is not a coincidence that it happened when Instagram got acquired by Facebook and Facebook used their algorithms in Instagram. And the whole point is to create this feedback loop and it keeps you hooked. And so you keep coming back. You keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. It's always there for you. Some two years after consulting the social media giant, Mr. Bayar said he's confident that Meta does understand the problem and has continuously decided not to tackle the issue. Quote, they knew there are things they could do about it. They chose not to do them, and we cannot trust them with our children. He says it's time for Congress to act. The evidence, I believe, is overwhelming. Bayar said that, He worked at Facebook from 2009 through 2015 as a senior leader tasked with protecting people, and he returned as a consultant to Instagram in 2019. Along the way, he learned of the harm to children, including his own. He said his daughter experienced unwanted sexual advances on Instagram as a child. But after he raised these concerns, Meta was mum. He has documents showing his uh, internal communications His data shows more than one-fourth of teens between the ages of 13 and 15 report receiving sexual advances. A quarter, a quarter between 13 and 15 get sexual advances. Nearly one-third of teenagers saw discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender, race, religion. Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut said Meta has rarely reacted to remedy such problems and hid evidence from Congress. Meta spokesman Andy Stone said his company's work to protect children is ongoing, and Meta has provided more than 30 different tools for families and teenagers to have safe experiences online. This is the thing, though. They're they're using your own biology, our own neurological impulses and such against us. Why? To keep us coming back to their product, to capture our attention for longer and longer and longer periods of time. And so it just gives us oh, you like this video? Here's another video like it. Here's another video like it. And you end up going down a path of conspiracy theories, radicalism, whatever. Because 
It's just giving you what you said you liked. You watched that video, so let me give you more of them. Whether or not it's actually helpful for you, whether or not it's true or not, doesn't matter. It's just, it's just going to keep on throwing them at you. One of the tips here, do not click on the recommended videos on YouTube. When they tell you, oh, here's a video recommended for you, don't click it. Mess with that algorithm. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out so let me uh, go over a couple of uh, recommendations if you haven't seen the docudrama called the social dilemma uh, some of these that i'm about to give you this is my own list but uh, some of these come from that movie some are from other places some that i've done so like i mentioned earlier turn off your phone notifications turn them off you don't need to have that thing going off all the time i mean all of them like the screen doesn't need to light up when you've got it, you know, turned off, it's sitting on the table, you know, that's another thing. Take your phones out. If you're going out to eat with people, everybody take your phones, put them in a pile, put, stack them up right in the middle of the table. Nobody will want to take it because it becomes an obvious thing. So just leave them in the middle of the table if you can't control yourself. Um, if you are on Twitter, create lists. Create a list of people that you follow, and this way Twitter is always trying to tell you this is for you. So when you open up the app, it gives you this for you list. And that's just the algorithm and and AI telling you what it wants you to look at because it knows you. It knows that you're going to want to see these things, and it's going to get you riled up. And so it's going to rile you up so you interact and you engage, and then they can sell more advertising to you actually, to the third party. You're the product. Always keep that in mind, right? If it's a free service, you're the product. So create a list. Follow people on that. So this way you're only following, you're only looking at the stuff that uh, is being posted by people that you follow. Um, don't click the suggested videos. Don't use your cell phone or tablet uh, within half an hour of going to bed. Right, just don't, just don't use it. Read a book. Um, cap the amount of time per day. This was an, uh, this was a uh, suggestion uh, made by Jonathan Haidt uh, or Haidt, who uh, he's done a lot of research on this, and he's like, go to your kids and tell and, and say like, how much time per day do you think you should spend on your phone? And um, Usually the kids, when you know, if they don't know how much time they actually spend on their phone, they're going to usually be pretty reasonable about it. They could say like an hour. I'm like, okay, then agree to that. One hour, put a limit on it. Maybe, and, and by the way, don't give your kids smartphones until I would say 18 years old. He says high school. I don't even think like at, just text message. You give them a dumb phone. 
that uh, that you can dial out, you can receive calls, you can send text messages. That's it. There's no need to have a phone with all the different apps on it. Get your news from multiple places. This is an attention extraction economy. It refers to, that refers to technology platforms that profit from the monetization of human attention and engagement. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Google, YouTube, right? They all profit from keeping users hooked on their platforms because more engagement means more advertising dollars. And they keep you engaged by keeping you angry. And that's why you can have people that have completely different understandings about what is misinformation and disinformation, right? Surveillance capitalism. All right. Y'all have a good one. Sorry, I'm kind of a downer today. But all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.